Hello, and welcome to this episode of the Like It All podcast. I'm glad you decided to tune in. So, we will go ahead and voice a word of prayer before we dive off into Ephesians 2, verses 1 through 3. Dear Lord, I thank you for this day, and I thank you for giving me this opportunity, God, to just be able to speak your words, God. As I always say, help them to be your words and not the words that I want to speak, God, but the words that you would have me to speak, God. And help the listeners, God, and they listen, and I thank you for them, God, and I thank you most of all for Jesus. And it's in your name I pray. Amen. So, I had planned to do Ephesians 2, 1 through 10 as one episode. But when I started looking and studying, this is going to be a three-part mini-series within the Ephesians 2, or within the Ephesians day. So for this week and next week, we will be in Ephesians 2, 1 through 10, and then we'll take a break for Testimony Tuesday. And then the week after, we will finish with what verses we do not get to on those two weeks but today we're going to start off with Ephesians 3 1 through 3 the first three verses of it and there's going to be a little there's going to be three words we focus on through these next two weeks and then the week after the testimony episode and those words today today's word is dead and you might be wondering why but then you will not be wondering here in a second. And since it's three verses and they kind of all three go along together, I'm going to read them all three at one time and then unpack them, as always. So, verse two or chapter 2, verse 1 starts out with, And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked. Following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, like the rest of mankind. So, Paul starts off this sentence because all of what, what we've been doing has been Paul's prayer from 3 to 23 has been Paul's prayer to Ephesus and the surrounding cities of Ephesus. And he starts off by saying, and you were dead in the trespasses and sins. You, he's personalizing He's not saying we were dead or and they are dead. He's making it personal that we, that you, the individual, were dead. And let's think about this for a minute. Dead people can't do anything. I mean, do we agree on that? Because dead people either are already in the ground, or their bodies are. They're, the dead people are in one of two places. 
but um, the their bodies are in the ground and they can't do anything. They can't think. They can't eat. They have no need to do these things. But Paul is calling us or calling these people and us too dead. And you were dead in the trespasses and sins. Now, this isn't physically dead. This is spiritually dead. And it's in the trespasses and sins. So before Jesus comes into it, we are physically, we're spiritually dead. And and I like that, how he uses the past tense. You were dead. I mean, you are no longer dead. But we will get to that later. Maybe not even in this episode, but in these next three well, next two in the break and then the picking it back up. But never mind, I butchered that. Just what I said earlier about this week, next week, testimony, then finishing up Ephesians 2, 1 through 2. But anyway, sorry, that was a long way of saying that. But he's, he's calling these readers dead. And this would have stopped them in their tracks. They would be reading this prayer and Paul has been praising them and saying how great they are and how he's heard of their faith and how Paul likes that and he's praying for them and how they are the body of Christ. And he's praying that they have spiritual wisdom and that they know the power of God's work. And then he says, oh yeah, and you were dead in your trespasses and sins. So I want to go back to what I said earlier about dead people can't do anything. And that's the same thing for spiritually dead people. Spiritually dead people can do nothing. And you might say, yes, they can. And I would say, yes, you are right. Spiritually dead people can physically live. But it is never to the fulfillment Christians can. I'll let you think about that for a minute. Because it's never to the fulfillment. Because they are we're we're broken too, and I'll get to that in a minute. But we are have a restored relationship with the Father. And it's not a perfect relationship yet because we still mess up and we still go back to that sin. But let's say a husband and wife relationship. A and a father and children relationship. A non-Christian man can love his wife and love his kids, but he can never be the husband or the father he would be if he were saved because he doesn't have the vertical relationship right with his father. And I would argue, I would not, and I would argue, and if you disagree with me, that's okay then. See, talk to me after you hear this, and I would love to hear how you could argue it. And I'm not saying that because I'm pompous and I think I'm right and all this, but if you disagree, I would love to hear your side of it. But um, I would argue that if you don't have a right relationship with the Father, then everything you do is going to be tainted by that. Just like if you do have a relationship with the Father, everything you do is going to reflect that. Your theology of how you view God is going to dictate how you live. If you don't believe in God or don't believe in or Jesus is not your Lord, then you're going to show that with how you live. But if you do believe, 
that Jesus is your Lord, you're going to show that by how you live. And Paul is calling these readers dead. And then he goes into verse 2, in which you, another person, personalization, once walked, following the courses of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. He's, he's basically saying, you followed everything but God. You followed the prince of the power of the air. And following the course of this world. And, you know, if that was something negative back in Paul's day, just think about how much more negative it is for us. I mean, you know, we know that following the world is bad. We do, because the world, following the world is nothing compared to following Jesus. And he also says, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, the people who are disobeying God, you once followed that. That's where you once lived. In, in, in which you once walked. Walking is something we do on a regular basis, I'm assuming. You walk on a regular basis unless you're wheelchair bound. Then you have, or you push yourself in the wheelchair, you have someone push you in the wheelchair. But walking is pursuing something. And if you're walking, you're trying to go after something. Even if you're walking to walking in a store, you're going to find that next thing in the store. If you're at school and you're walking to your next class, then you're pursuing that next thing. And you know, hey, we're when we were uns when we were not saved, we were pursuing the things of this world. We were walking in them. We were pursuing the things of darkness. And, you know, this would have been such a somber thing that Paul was writing to these people. This was you. You once have walked in this. And this is just Paul's way of... I'll get to that in a second. But... Walking is an action verb of pursuing. So if then we were supposed to pursue, if then we pursued bad things, how much more so should we now pursue God? And verse three, and I think this is, I think, I mean, Paul kind of answers any questions that arise in 21st century American Christian readers and in 1st century Ephesus and surrounding location city readers. Because, I'll, I'll go ahead and read it, and then I'll. Among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. 
So, you might be saying, and I'm sure there were many Ephesians saying this, that why is Paul writing this? He was just bragging on our faith. Why is Paul now telling us about before we were being saved? He knows we are saved. And I think there's two reasons for that. I think that we that he was addressing unsaved people there as well, saying, hey, this is who you are now. But I also think there's a greater call that he is giving to the saved people there. And you say, well, why is he bringing that up? Nobody wants to bring up their bad things in the past. And I would say that you are correct. Nobody does want to bring up their bad things of the past. I mean, if you do, that's great, I guess. So that means you've gotten over it, or I don't know. But um, you, nobody likes the bad things of their past. But we also, it never hurts to be reminded of our past. And because sometimes we get, especially when we've been a Christian for years upon years upon years, and and sometimes even when we've been a Christian for just a few days, weeks, or just a few years, we tend to get almost prideful, almost, that... Not almost, but we tend to get prideful that, hey, we are, we're saved. We don't live in that bondage of sin anymore. And I would say to that, no, we don't. Because if you're a Christian, you're not living in the bondage of sin. But Paul's reminding them, hey, you're no better than these unsaved people. And I think that's a good reminder for us here today in 21st century America. Because we tend to look to that other person over there and say, well, I'm not as bad as they are. Oh, they aren't saved. I'm way better than them. This is Paul's way of saying, hey, you once were there. And what if somebody looked at you and said, this isn't, Paul doesn't say this, but I'm saying this. What if someone looked at you the way you're looking at the non-believer saying, oh, you're not saved, I'm so much better than you. And people might have. And people probably did. And people probably did the same with me and with every person that's listening to this podcast. But we can't keep that mentality because we are no better than any any non-saved person because we didn't do anything to earn our salvation. And for us to say we did is a sin in and of itself. And there's one difference, one difference between us and the unsaved world. Jesus died for both of us. Jesus rose for both of us. Jesus wants to be 
both of our lords. But only one group accepts it. And that's the only difference we have. The grace has been given and is waiting for those non-Christians to take it, take hold of it and say, yes, yes, God, you are my Lord. Yes, you are my Lord. That is what, that's the only difference. And why would we let our own pride and our own, we're better than them, keep them from becoming saved? And Paul is saying, hey, you were there. And then he says, we all once lived. He's saying, me too. I was there too. In the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, like the rest of mankind. And he said, and not only did we do that that was our main desire and you know that's true as well because before we get saved our number one desire is to sin because it's in us because of the fall of man or the curse of sin or whatever you want to call it when adam and eve made that first sin and were kicked out of the garden when they made the first sin because kicking out of the garden was a result of the first sin. But when they committed that first sin, everything changed. Even nature, according to Romans 8, groans for the returning and the restoration. And because of that one time of sin, everything has fallen and that becomes our main desire. And Again, this is a perfect example of the gospel. Ephesians 2, 1 through 10 is the gospel in a nutshell that Paul is giving to his writers to A, share the gospel with someone who doesn't know, or B, remind them of the gospel. And you might say, well, Ben, well, why didn't you just skip over it? I do this all in one thing. We know about this because it's so important to remember that we were dead. We were dead in our sins. And I feel like when we share the gospel, when we hear the gospel, we so often forget that. That we could not do anything about our sin. And we had nothing right. We were totally depraved. Our main desire was to walk in the flesh like the rest of mankind. So like those people that were out there, like the worst group of people you can think of, We were just as bad as them. And we still are. The only difference is we have accepted God's grace. And they haven't. So, why did I spend a whole episode talking about this? Because it's so important. If there's a non-believer, then I don't want to waste this opportunity to share the gospel, even though we're going to get to that in the next few episodes. Jesus died so you didn't have to be in this situation he died and rose from the grave so you didn't have to be dead in your sin and this dead in your sin doesn't just end when you die it gets ten it gets in infinite in, in infinitely worse i was going to say infinitively that's not a word the word's infinitely but it gets infinitely worse 
when you die because that's eternal separation from God in hell. This right here in your sin, if you are listening, if you've stumbled upon this and you're not saved and you're listening to this and you think this isn't good, the life I'm living is what, what you're describing right now, dead in my sin. But I'll just wait till I die because it'll get better. No, it'll get worse. Because what you're living in now is nothing compared to hell. Because hell is way worse. Think of your worst day and the horribleness of hell doesn't even compare to it. Because it's eternal separation from God, the one that loves you and saves you and sent Jesus for you. And if you are a Christian listening to this, then A, we need to share the gospel. I said we because I don't do it like I should either. And B, we need to be, we need to never forget where we came from. Because if we do, then we're giving Satan a foothold in there to become prideful and to not share the gospel with other people so Satan can bring as many people down with him as he possibly can. Because he knows he's lost, but he wants as many people as he can. So we need to never forget that we were dead. And also, I think if it stays on the forefront of our mind, we never take for granted what God did. Because it's such a huge deal that Jesus died for us. Because we were like that, completely apart from God. And that's where we would still be if it wasn't for Jesus. So, I'm going to go ahead and pray. And then I'm going to move into closing thoughts. Dear Lord, I just thank you for this day. And I thank you for Jesus, God. And that we don't have to stay dead in our sins, God. Because you provided a way, God, out of that. Okay, we'll talk about that next week, God. But thank you for that so much, God. I thank you for these listeners, God. And I ask you to place up every one of them. If they're not saved, God, they would reach out to me or reach out to someone they know is saved, God. And you would help help us saved people, God, that we would not get caught up in being boastful about our salvation, God, because it's not from us. It's from you, God. And I just thank you for that. And I thank you for being God and for being so awesome, God. And it's in your name I pray. So I know closing thoughts is usually a theologically packed two, three, two to seven minutes, unless it's a testimony episode and then it's like 20 minutes. But um, today I want to do something a little bit different with closing thoughts. Last week on the podcast, I read to you Ephesians 1, 15 through 23. And I'm going to reread 15 and 16 For this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. And I talked about how we need to do that for other believers. And But I fell short of encouraging you in that part. And this is something I felt called to do right before I first recorded. I want to take a moment to say that you guys do that for me. I mean, if I took the time to thank everybody that has encouraged me, we would be here another hour, and then this would be like a testimonial Tuesday closing thoughts. But um, I want to encourage you with that, that 
you do. I mean, you might. I mean, I'm sure you pray for me, and I thank you for that. But you also encourage me. You do not cease to give thanks for, in, to encourage me in this. And I want to give you an encouragement of how much that means to me. And you know, I have people in my head right now thinking about how encouraging you've been to me. And, you know, I'm not trying to bring myself up when I say this. I'm trying to bring you guys up. And that God and let you know God is really using you as an encouragement to me. And I want to take this time from the bottom of my heart to thank you for that. Because God is really using you to encourage me. And I hope God is using me to encourage you even a fraction as much as you guys are encouraging me to keep on doing this podcast and to keep on spreading God's word. Because, I mean, I'm just getting tears, not, not, just getting tears thinking about it. How God is using you guys to encourage me. And I love you guys for that. The love you at the end is not just something I say to be like Matt Chandler. But if you don't know, Matt Chandler says that at the end of his sermons as well. But I really do. And I'm so thankful for you, for you guys. And so keep it up. Keep it up. And not for me, but for other believers as well. When I said keep it up, that made me sound like a terrible person. And I did not mean to sound like that. But keep it up for other believers as well. And... I hope I'm as half as encouraging as you guys are to me. But on a different note, and I'm sorry this episode has been so somber, but you know this is a real issue. Next week's episode will be quite possibly one of the happiest and most joy-arising episodes because we talk about quite possibly two of the most encouraging and greatest words written in the Bible. And those words are, but God. And I'm getting fired up just thinking about it. But I thank you guys again for all the encouragement you've been asked. You would be that encouraging to other believers, and I know you guys are. And I just want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. But also, we have we have the bracelets, like I said last week. And if you would like one, see me about that. But also, we have done t-shirts. We've already placed the order. There is a, they were on my Instagram. They were on my story, so they've already gone away now. But if you'd like to see a picture of them, contact me in some way. And we've not gotten them in yet. They're supposed to be coming in this Saturday, which will be 8, no, it's not still April, I'm sorry, May 15th. And if you would like one but didn't give me your size and money, that's okay. We ordered extras. So, you can get one then. And also, if you have not gotten a bracelet, when you get your t-shirt, we will be giving bracelets away with the t-shirts at no extra cost to you. And I think that's all I have. Oh, and then I'm looking very forward, I'm looking extremely forward to this week. Because not only do I get out of school this week, but um, on a more important note, I get, we get to record next week's testimony episode because of vacation conflict with our guest. We will have to move recording up a week. I'm not complaining because looking forward to that. And I know Jackson is as well. 
And I know you guys are as well, but I'm not going to give you any spoilers. And if you know, then that's great. But I'm going to keep this one a surprise for you guys. Because I know you'll love this episode. And then next week, we have Ephesians 2, 1 through 10. And the week after testimony episode, we have Ephesians 2, 1 through 10 as well. So thank you guys so much for being so awesome. And I hope you guys have a great week, and I love you guys. Goodbye.